Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Stock Station, Sports Radio 78, WBBM, Chicago. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... For the napkin, the soup gets cold. While the bonnet is trimming, the face grows old. When we've matched the buttons, the pattern is sold. And everything comes too late. Too late. How completely the poet has captured it. So many times, isn't the most pertinent question of all, why are you waiting? I didn't kill her. You were here at the time she was murdered. No, I wasn't. Lieutenant, why would I kill her? You wanted to marry her. You discovered she was cheating. So why would I want to marry her? Because you were engaged. How could we be engaged? I didn't even know her. Lieutenant, you sure you want me? Joe Gaffney? Oh, yes, Mr. Gaffney. We want you. Our mystery drama... Pretty Polly was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Tony Roberts. I'll be back shortly with Act One. These are scenes from America's favorite motion picture. You're a fool, Red Butler. When you know I shall always love another man. Stop it. You hear me, Scarlett? Stop it. Don't, I shall faint. I want you to faint. <laughs> you go. What shall I do? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Sunday at 8, 7 Central and Mountain. A CBS TV special movie presentation. Gone with the Wind. A love story between America and a movie. Let your home share the newness of spring with a fresh coat of True Test paint from True Value Hardware Stores. Hi, Pat Summerall to tell you that True Test Easy Care Latex Flat Wall and Trim Finish will give your walls a fresh, scrubbable finish. Easy Care has earned the good housekeeping seal, and it comes in 44 decorator colors in white. And for a soft, velvety, smooth finish for walls and ceilings, try Satin Hue, a thick, creamy, flat latex wall paint in 44 distinctive colors in white. You'll find True Test paints exclusively at participating True Value hardware stores. Welcome to Meet the Media. Thank you very much. Today I am interviewing radio. Hello. Television. Take a look at this. Oh, newspaper. I've been around the longest. Yeah, but you can't change channels on a newspaper. Well, you can't put a TV in the bottom of a birdcage. Interesting debate. Radio. Mm -hmm. How is your listenership? It's up 66% since 1967. Newspaper. Yes. How's your circulation? It's, uh... <clears throat> Right. But I'm happy to say our advertising rates have gone up. Radio? Because the cost of radio advertising has not increased as much as the other major media, it's a better deal. And what about the cost of television? Film at 11. <laughs> radio in background. Mm -hmm. What about creativity? Well, there are four of us sitting in a room pretending to be a radio, a television, a newspaper, and a human being. That's amusing. Just an example of radio's creativity. Mm. Radio. Red hot. Because it works. For the advertiser trying to fight the rising costs of TV and print, the Radio Advertising Bureau can send you more facts. This station can send you more customers.
are told, is a great teacher. It is, however, most difficult to agree on just what it is that time actually teaches, or how well we learn the lesson. After all, time goes on, and so many of us keep making the same mistakes. And it must be said, some of us actually become pretty good at it. Yes, is he in? Uh, this is Mr. Gaffney. Sorry, Mr. Gaffney, he's in a meeting. I have his morning quotations for him. He said for you to call at about 10.30. Thank you. Uh, you're not Miss Meadows. No, Mr. Gaffney, my name is Polly Simmons. Oh. I'm Mr. Stevenson's new secretary. What happened to Miss Meadows? I don't know. Oh. Uh, 10.30 you said to call him. Thank you, Miss, um... Simmons. Polly Simmons. Yes, Miss Simmons. Uh, Joe? Uh, Joe? Huh? What? Uh, Joe, I've been trying to reach you for the past 15 minutes. I, I've been here, Walt. Yeah, but you didn't answer your phone. Oh, Maybe I fell asleep. Uh, look, I just saw the morning gold and silver prices. Uh, do you want to give a buy signal to some of your customers? What? Joe, what's the matter with you? Nothing. Nothing. Your hearing hasn't suddenly become... Well, uh... Walt, there's nothing the matter with me. Okay, okay. <laughs> Joe Gaffney. Mr. Gaffney, this is Polly Simmons, Mr. Stevenson's secretary. Yes, I know. Yes, uh, I'll do that. Thank you. Thank you very much, Miss, uh, Simmons. You're quite welcome. Now, look, Joe, this could be just another swing of the seesaw. On the other hand, it could be the big move-up. Now, what kind of position do we want to take? Joe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe, are you listening to me? There's something going on here. It's it, it's something very personal. Uh, I just don't want to talk about it. Do you mind? Look, I don't mind if we can just get down to the day's work. Now, what do you think? About what? What have we been What have we been talking about? Taking a position in gold or silver? Either, neither, both? Oh. Oh, I want to think about that. I should imagine you'd been thinking about it all morning. I'll get back to you. When? I have to make some calls, uh, talk to some people. Within the hour. I just remember, Joe, if it's going to take off and our people miss the boat, they'll make us walk the plank. That's kind of a mixed-up metaphor, isn't it? Just as long as you get the point. Joe? Joe? Walt, Joe, what am I going to do with it? Did you fall asleep again? No, I didn't. I wasn't sleeping. What are you up to, Joe? I think you should see a doctor. I told you, it's something very private and very personal, and I just don't want to discuss it. Mr. Stevenson's office. Good morning, Miss Simmons. Mr. Gaffney, I was about to call you, and Mr. Stevenson isn't back yet. He isn't. No, they decided to go to Colorado. They want to inspect their ski resort. Oh, that's nice. like to ski, Miss Simmons? Love it. Skiing in the winter and sailing in the summer, that's my idea of heaven. Yeah. When 
he checks in. I'll tell Mr. Stevenson you called. Thank you, Miss Simmons. Not at all. Polly. Polly Simmons. I'm in love with you. I love you, Polly. Well, that's great. Huh? Who's Polly Simmons? I didn't hear you come in. Yeah, well, naturally, you've been in your usual days. <laughs> All right, so it's love. Who is she? Uh, Walt, I was just talking to myself. <laughs> oh, yeah? Uh, this is what you came for, uh, my market letter. Check it through before you send it out. I always do. I think it analyzes exactly what most of our clients should be doing at this particular stage in the market. Good. Now, tell me, who is Polly Simmons? That's none of your business. Walter Evans. Oh, uh, I'd ask for Mr. Gaffney. Yeah, well, Joe Gaffney's out at the moment. May I help? I'm, uh, I'm his associate. Would you tell Mr. Gaffney that Mr. Stevenson will telephone him from Colorado this afternoon at 4 o'clock? Sure will. Thank you, Mr. Evans. Thank you, Miss, um... Simmons. Polly Simmons. Simmons. Polly Simmons. Santa Claus, there is a Virginia. I mean, a Polly. Now, what are you talking about? Ah, she's Ed Stevenson's secretary, eh? He's going to call you this afternoon. How long has this been going on? How long has what been going on? You and Polly. There's nothing going on. Oh, sure, sure. Oh, she only came to work for him the other week. Yeah, how long does it take? Walt, lay off, will you? Sure, sure. You going to marry her? Okay, okay, but you sat there and you said, Polly Simmons, I love you, and you love a woman and don't marry her, you'll regret it for the rest of your life. Yeah, but it's my life, isn't it? Look, I want you to be happy. Why? Because I'm your friend? Because I'm an idealist? No, not at all. It so happens that when you're happy, you're one of the best analysts on the street, and I make an awful lot of money out of you. You want to have lunch, Walt? How come you're not having lunch with Polly Simmons? I don't even know Polly Simmons. <laughs> Joe, you're talking to an old soldier. Look, I spoke to her on the phone yesterday for the first time, and I fell in love with her voice. <laughs> if you laugh, I'll punch you in the mouth. Yeah, who's laughing? And that's it. Don't tell me it can't happen. Anything can happen. People fall in love for the craziest reason. That voice of hers. Yeah, now that you mention it, it does sound sexy. It's more than sexy. It's so warm. It's so alive. It's so vital. That's what I said, sexy. And that's the whole story. It's only the beginning. Ask her for a date. What if she's married? Her name is Miss Simmons. She could be using her maiden name at work. Okay, okay, so she's married. If you're in love, that won't stop you. Walt, this is no concern of yours. I just explained. A minute ago, it is. Well, all right, what if the voice is, is just... You know, she doesn't have to look like her voice. She could be an old hag. You can always come up with a million reasons why not to do something. Don't knock it. That's how I made you rich. Yeah, but this is different. Do you or don't you want to go to lunch? Um, hello, is, um, is uh, Mr. Stevenson in? Mr. Stevenson is still out of town. Oh, I'm, uh, Walt Evans of... Evans and McHugh? Yes, Mr. Evans, I believe we spoke on the phone. Do you have an appointment? I hope not. Uh, no, no, I, uh, I was just visiting with Jim Russell down the hall. I thought I'd stop by and say hello to Ed. 
Well, I know he'll be very sorry that he missed you. Yes. Uh, whatever became of um, Miss Meadows? She left to get married. Miss Meadows? Yes. That's what I've been told. Miss Meadows, if she could get married, there's hope for everyone. <laughs> Even for me. Uh-huh. You mean you're not married, Miss Simmons? I'm afraid not. How is that possible? Oh, I suppose it's because no one ever asked me. I can assure you, Miss Simmons, if I weren't married, I'd ask you myself. And I should consider it. Very seriously. <laughs> She's beautiful, she's single, and she wants to get married. Who? Don't act dumb, Joe. Don't pretend. I saw her. I spoke to her. If you don't marry her, I'll divorce Dottie and I'll marry her myself. Walt, I wish you would mind your own business. I'll say it again. This is my business. We spoke, Polly Simmons and I. She's somewhere in between 25 and 30. She has long black hair. She has flashing black eyes. She she has a complexion that, that makes you think of, of milk and, and honey. She's tall. She's slender, graceful. The gentle curves of her body seem to float within a dress. I never heard you talk like that. I have never seen anyone like Polly Simmons. And she's single. She looks like that and she's single? How's that possible? And she wants to get married. Well? Well, what? Well, what, what are you waiting for? Ask her for a date. Okay, okay. You had raised some entirely legitimate objections. She could be a dog. She could be married and so on and so forth. These, these have all been put to rest. Your move. I don't know. Look, Joe, I went to a certain amount of trouble on your account. I didn't ask you to. What is a friend? Someone who doesn't wait to be asked. Walt. What'll I do if she turns me down? How could she turn you down? Look, I've never been very successful with women, Walt. Yeah, you know why? Because you're always so so negative about yourself. You're, you're constantly examining yourself for, for, for flaws, for shortcomings. The basic qualities that make you a terrific market analyst work against you in your personal life. Well, I can't help that, Walt. You listen to this voice on the phone, this, this glorious voice so filled with, with promise and... You treat it like a prospectus from a company that's out to sell stock. Where are the problems? I've just investigated for you. There are no problems. Yeah, maybe not with her, Walt, but there are with me. What problems are there with you? I'm not an exciting guy. Ah, she's got enough excitement for both of you. I can tell so much from her voice. She, she likes to go out a lot. She likes to have fun. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, I'm, I'm a quiet guy. Well, basically, that's what most girls want. I can tell, Walt. It wouldn't work out. I, I, I wouldn't even know how to ask her. Oh, what's there to know? Get her on the phone. Come on. Now? That's how they used to teach Indian babies how to swim. They threw them in the water. But... Pick up the phone. Okay. Now, dial Ed Stevenson's number. Go on. Go ahead. Walt... I don't know if I should. And when she answers, say, Polly, how about dinner this evening? But... Mr. Stevenson's offer. Miss Simmons, uh, this is Mr. Gaffney. Yes, Mr. Gaffney. It should be Polly. Um, Come on, throw the baby in the water. I was wondering if... If Mr. Stevenson might be reached earlier... 
now? Uh, no. Uh, no, I don't think so. Goodbye, Miss Simmons. What am I going to do with you, Joe? What am I going to do? You'd be surprised, but that will be the business of Act Two. Along about now, some of you vintage listeners are asking yourselves, what have we got here? One of those soft, sweet, tender little love stories? When is someone going to get killed? Patience, friends. Patience. If you use a long-lasting nasal spray, you ought to check the package. If it has a big 12 on it, you're getting the longest-lasting relief you can get. You're using Duration Nasal Spray. Duration is different because Duration has the longest-lasting nasal decongestant. So Duration gives you up to 12 hours of relief. That's up to two to four hours longer relief than most other long-lasting nasal sprays. Look for the nasal spray with the big 12 on it. Duration. The proof is on the package. The package with the big 12 on it. For occasional use only as directed. Hey, let me get the check. Where'd you get the extra bucks? The Buck-A-Bundle insulation refund from CertainTeed. Buck-A-Bundle? Yeah, buck back on every bundle of CertainTeed fiberglass attic insulation. Up to $40. Some saving. That's what I was after. Was it a tough job? Nah, it was easy. I'm gonna do it now, while I can save. Thanks for lunch, and uh, thanks for the tip. Get your attic insulation and extra bucks now. The Buck-A-Bundle insulation refund, only from CertainTeed. Details at your building materials retailer. Hi, this is Andy Williams. I learned about the importance of donating blood when my mother became ill. Although most people could qualify as donors, many have not donated blood because they have not personally experienced the need, either for themselves or for those they care about. Presently, over 30,000 pints of blood are required in the United States every day, and the need is increasing. The balance between supply Demand and human life depends on you, the public. Donors often respond when there is an emergency or a disaster. But blood of every group and type must be available at all times. Blood banks depend on people who are willing to give to meet the day-to-day -day blood needs. Donate today at a blood bank in your community. Blood is life. Let's keep it running. A public service of this station and the American Association of Blood Banks. They say that faint heart never won fair lady. To which we might add, there's many a fellow who wishes he hadn't been quite so courageous. But here we have the basic ingredients. We have the fair lady, Polly Simmons... We have the faint heart, Joe Gaffney, and now we shall permit nature to take its course. You gotta do it, Joe. Walt, why is it your affair? Affair. It should only be your affair. I don't interfere in your personal life. That's because you don't have to. I'm perfectly capable of making all the right moves myself. Will you please let me alone? It's a sin and a shame that someone as beautiful as Polly Simmons should, should just... Go to waste. I'm sure she has enough boyfriends. Yeah, as far as you're concerned. Why don't you mind your own business? Mr. Stevenson's office. Good morning, Miss Simmons. Good morning, Mr. Gaffney. Oh, you recognize my voice? Yes, it's quite distinctive. Really? Uh, is... 
Mr. Stevenson in? They're at a budget meeting this morning. Shall I ask him to return your call? No. No, I'll try him again later. Yes, Mr. Gaffney. Uh, Miss Simmons. Yes, Mr. Gaffney. Uh, uh it wasn't really important. What do you want to see me about, Walt? What's the meaning of this? These five sheets of paper? That's this week's market letter. You mean this week's alleged market letter. Did you read through this after you wrote it? I don't know what you're talking about. This girl has not only got you talking to yourself, she has you writing to yourself. Listen, this week's Best Buy, Polly Simmons. What? Yeah, the group that should outperform the market, Polly Simmons. Now, Joe. Oh, I should have checked it out. Joe, you have to resolve this thing. Oh, you find it hard to understand. I... I'm scared. Oh, come on. Please, Walt. Look, guys like you, big, competent, aggressive, you can't believe there are fellows like me. You must either get this girl or forget this girl. But, Walt... It's all in your own head now. You're going to pick up that phone, you're going to call her, and you're going to ask her for a date. Do you understand? Well, what if she turns me down? Okay, that'll be the end of it. Swift, clean, surgical. And if she says yes, well, that's the beginning. Pick up the phone, Joe. Your job depends on it. All right. All right, I'll do it. Good. Well, go I ahead. I can't do it with you hanging over my shoulder. Mr. Stevenson's office? Miss Simmons, this is Joe Gaffney. Yes, I was wondering... Yes? I was wondering if Mr. Stevenson were back yet. Oh. No, sir. Then I guess I'll just have to keep trying. Yes. You do that, Mr. Gaffney. Well? We have a date. Good. You see, you keep listening to your old Uncle Walt. So... Tell me, what did she say? Huh? What did you say? I, I, I said, I just said, uh, Miss Simmons, uh, would you like to have dinner with me tonight? Miss Simmons, huh? Well, I don't know, maybe I said Polly, and uh, she said, uh, yes. <laughs> so, who had this thing figured out from square one, eh? Now, you take her to a nice quiet place where you can talk, you understand, and you make sure you talk about her. Most women like that. Oh, look. Uh, Walt, do you mind if I get back to work now? Joe Gaffney. Good morning, Mr. Gaffney. Oh. Good morning. Mr. Stevenson would like you to send him an up-to-date copy of his portfolio with a list of suggestions. Certainly. Thank you. Uh, Miss Simmons, are you... All right, this morning? Does it show? I beg your pardon? I was out rather late last night. It was quite a... I shouldn't say brawl, but none of us was feeling much pain. Oh. And I'll sure be glad when this day is over. Joe? Oh, hello, Donnie. Uh, Walt's out with a client. I know. 
I came here to see you. Me? Uh, tell me. Are congratulations in order? For what? Oh, Walt told me all about her. About who? Well, really, Joe, how many of them are there? <laughs> Polly. Oh, Polly. Walt tells me you've been going steady with her for almost three months. Is it still called going steady? <laughs> Look, Dottie. I can't tell you how happy this makes me. What is it with you married people? You're always trying to get everyone into the same boat you're in. Oh, now you need a wife, Joe. You're lonely. Repressed. Hey, what is all this? Well, that is, you were. Look at yourself now. You've got a, a new self-confidence. That's what a woman's love does for a man. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> is there going to be a wedding? No, Dottie, I... Well, it's fashionable today, I suppose, to laugh at that piece of paper. But in the long run, your relationship can't really go anywhere without it. Joe, do you want us to make the wedding for you? Dottie, I'm really quite busy. Well, you don't have any family. Uh, if I don't finish this work... Oh, relax. I'm your partner's wife. You won't get into any trouble. No, it's, it's just that All I... your life you've lived in a shell. You were always afraid to reach out to people. <laughs> Suppose it's because you found that people could turn on you, huh? Uh, people did. So you surrounded yourself with facts and figures and statistics. <laughs> Those you could trust. Now that you've psychoanalyzed me, are you going to send me a bill? I'd like to meet her. Why don't you bring her to dinner one night? Well... Or the four of us could go out. Sure. Okay. And let's make it soon, shall we? Mr. Stevenson's office. Miss Simmons. Yes, Mr. Gaffney. I sent Mr. Stevenson a list of attractive situations, particularly in commodities. It's on his desk. Oh, I just... I just wondered if he'd received it. He did, Mr. Gaffney. Oh, well, that's... That's what I wanted to know. Well, wow, it's been quite warm these past few weeks. Yes, it has. I wish I could spend more time at the beach. Oh? Do you like swimming? Swimming, surfing, sailing. Anything that lets me wear a bathing suit. Yes. Well, I'm glad Mr. Stevenson received my letter. Thank you, Miss Simmons. Thank you. Not at all, Mr. Gaffney. So, what did you and Polly do last night? Oh, uh, the usual. <laughs> yeah? We went out to dinner, took a little drive, and we went back to her place. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a little uh, mining company I'd like to call to your attention. That's some woman that, uh... Polly Simmons. Look, here's a, here's an outfit whose earnings have gone up over 120% over the last three years. And to think I practically had to force you. Do you want to hear about this terrific special situation, or don't you? I can't think of a more terrific special situation than the one you have with Polly Simmons. So, you spent the night at her place, huh? All I said was, we went back to her place for a while. All right, all right. 
I understand Dottie's been in to talk to you. I just wish Dottie and everyone else would mind their own business. People are just happy for you, Joe. You've no idea how much you've changed since you've been going with Polly Simmons. Your whole outlook on life is different. You're, you're more relaxed. All right, all right. Shouldn't we get to work, Walt? Sure, sure. You know how people are. They love gossip. Well, I'm just glad you had a great time last night. Uh, take these reports about the mining company back to your office. See what you think. <laughs> okay. That you're not fooling me. You just want to get rid of me. Why? Because first thing in the morning, you get in, you always want to have your little chat with Polly on the telephone. Come on, Walt. <laughs> I read you like a book. Well, go ahead. Have your little romantic moment. Mr. Stevenson's office. Oh. This is Mr. Gaffney. Yes. Of Evans and McHugh. Yes, sir. Is Mr. Stevenson in? I'm afraid he can't talk to anyone right now. Oh. Is Miss Simmons in? Miss Simmons? Yes, Polly Simmons. No. 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 Was she off today? Miss... Miss Simmons is dead. What did you say? She heard something on the news. I don't know what to say. Polly Simmons murdered. It can't be true. Uh, it's true. I called Stevenson's office. The police are there. She was uh, murdered last night. They found the body in her apartment? Yes. Joe, Joe, how you must feel. Uh, I guess you don't want to talk to anybody either. Here, I'll answer that. Uh, yeah. Well, some more details came over the radio. She was killed a little after midnight last night. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, uh, it's Dottie, Joe. There's been some more news. She'd evidently been with someone she knew because there's no sign of forced entry. The fellow must have hit her for some reason and her head struck the floor or some other object too hard. And that was it. Yeah, poor girl. Well, was, was Joe with her last night? What are you saying, Dottie? What I'm saying is are asking everybody who may have any sort of information to call a special number. Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, look, Dottie, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you later, okay? Joe, um, what time did you leave Polly's apartment last night? Last night? Yeah, you said you were, you were with her last night. Oh, so, uh, what time did you leave? Uh, well... Police say she was killed around, um, midnight. Oh. Well, I guess, I, I guess it was some time before. Are you, uh... Are you going to tell the police you were with her last night? Do I have to? They're going to find out. <laughs> now they're going to find out. Nobody really knew, uh, about us, ex except you and Daddy. <laughs> And would you or Dottie 
tell the police? What a question. You take words like morality, duty, and so forth. You talk about a citizen's obligation, and so on. The truth is that these things are all abstractions. On the other hand, a friend is someone definite. He has form, shape, substance. You do not lightly sever all human feeling for him. You cannot simply sell him down the river. Or can you? The answer lies in Act Three, shortly. This is WBBM Chicago. Time to feed the baby. Oh, baby sounds funny. That was Baby Ben. Ooh, thought our baby's name was Ollie. Baby Ben's our alarm clock, honey. It never forgets to get us up. We could forget to plug it in. Baby Ben doesn't need electricity, dear. Doesn't even need batteries. It's key wound. Gee, no batteries, no formula. Yeah. Oh, turn that off. That was Baby Ollie. Yeah. Who wound him up? Baby Ben or Big Ben never forgets to get you up. It's time for a West Clocks by Tally Industries. You've got to see the third base. A spot at the net. Two on the aisle. A box at the rest. You've got the best seat in the house. At your TV set. Ah, and nothing yet to enjoy. Like TV Guide. TV Guide is your ticket to the whole wide world of sports and entertainment. Tells you more about what's on, what's going on with television. Nothing yet to enjoy. Like TV Guide. This week, get more out of television by TV Guide. Now you can see more of America for less with Delta Airlines' unlimited mileage fare. It's easy and uncomplicated. You fly to as many Delta cities in America as you want, and to Bermuda and San Juan. Take 7 to 21 days, all for an unbelievable $567 per person when two people travel together, or $777 when you travel alone. There's a special low fare for children, too. Unlimited mileage at an unbelievable fare. Don't leave a stone unturned or a place untraveled. Delta's unlimited mileage fare is an unusual opportunity for an unforgettable experience. Get the details on advance reservations and limited seating from your travel agent or Delta. Now, Delta is ready when you are. With an unbelievable, unforgettable, unlimited mileage fare for as little as $567. That's unreal. Tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive, the poet said. And the strands of this web can wind themselves into the rope that will hang us. Our friend Joe Gaffney has been playing at a game of love. And as it happens, the game of love has become a game of death. Walt, you wouldn't go to the police, would you? Did you kill her, Joe? What are you saying? You were with her last night. Walt, you're talking to me. You said you went to dinner with her. I... Yeah, but wait a minute. We we had a late meeting here yesterday afternoon. You didn't leave till uh, 6.30. So the earliest you could have gone to dinner was maybe uh, 7 o'clock. Oh, listen. Dinner one hour, hour and a half maybe. It's now 8, 8.30. What are you trying to build? Then you said you went for a drive. 
How long? An hour? Two hours? So what? It's now 10, 10.30, and then you went to her place. I will quote you for a while. What's a while? Walt, listen to me. Midnight, she's murdered. How long was that while you spent with her, eh? starting at about 10.30? Walt, I swear I didn't kill her. Yeah. Walt! Walt! Where are you going? Right now, at this minute, I don't know. He was there, Dottie. But I can't believe Joe killed her. Why not? Well, he just isn't the type. Is there a type? But he, he was so much in love with her. Yeah, that could have been the reason he killed her. Because he loved her? I met that girl. Her eyes were beautiful, but... Yeah, you could tell they like to rove, if you know what I mean. Maybe... Maybe she was cheating and he found out. No, he didn't kill her. Oh, and who did? Well, she she could have had other boyfriends. Maybe one came calling right after Joe left. Now, that's possible, isn't it? Sure. Maybe that's actually what did happen, but... But what? Look, Dottie, the police have broadcast a call for all pertinent information. Shouldn't I... Well, what do you want me to tell you? The fact that Joe was with her very close to midnight last night, the time of her death. Is that or is that not pertinent information? Yes, Walter, it is. In many ways, all of this is your fault. My fault? Yes. He was happy in his own little world. You say that? You're the one who kept insisting he was so miserable. Well, I was wrong. That is, if being miserable made him happy, who were we to interfere? You were the one who kept... Well, you practically forced him to start going out with her. Did I know it would end like this? Well, that's beside the point. If it hadn't been for your insistence, that girl would be alive today. Or if someone else had killed her, Joe wouldn't be involved in it. Dottie. Dottie, the fact is... What? I don't know. I just don't know anymore. I wish I did. The problem is, it, it just isn't clear-cut. No, you're wrong, Dottie. We're the ones who aren't clear-cut. You and I. We have a duty as citizens. And that is the bottom line. Oh, I know. And we have some very good reasons to... to shirk that duty. Reasons like friendship, loyalty, so on. <sighs> Understand. But the collective morality of the city is the sum total of the individual moralities of all its citizens. Oh, Walter, do it or don't do it, but stop moralizing about it. Hello, Joe Gaffney. Mr. Gaffney, this is Mr. Stevenson's secretary. What? When Mr. Stevenson's secretary is... is dead... Oh, oh. Did you know Miss Simmons very well? Uh, yes, I I knew her. Uh, Mr. Stevenson wants more information on that mining stock. Mr. Gaffney? Oh, yes, I'll send it by messenger right away. You all right? What did you say, Miss... Uh... Smith, Dolores Smith. Yes. I guess it's... Remarkable how life just uh, goes on. We 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 don't even pause. Oh well. 
There's no sentiment in this business. Or any business. Well, I don't know, Mr. Gaffney. Some people are capable of sentiment. Oh? Do you know any? Well, I guess it's me, for instance. Really? Well, you must be a very unusual young lady, Miss, uh... Midnight last night. Yes, Lieutenant. But you told Mr. Walter Evans. I know what I told him. It would have looked better for you if you'd come forward with this information voluntarily. What information? Oh, regardless of the time, you should have told us that you'd seen her last night. But I didn't see her last night. Mr. Walter Evans says... Uh, Forget what I told Walter Evans. (laughs) I can't see how that could work. The DA won't want to forget... I don't think the jury will either. Lieutenant Marker, the truth is, I never went anywhere with Polly Simmons. I don't even know what she looked like. Do you know what you're saying? Lieutenant, let me tell you the whole story. Let me begin at the beginning. I never went out with her. Never. And that is your story? Lieutenant, please believe me. It's not a great one or even a very good one, but it's a new one. Well, it's true. There's some holes. Why didn't you just tell Walter Evans to mind his own business? I did, but when a man's your partner and he has this idea that he's going to do you a good turn... Very well. So you lied to him when you said you'd asked her for a date? Yes, Lieutenant. That was a lie. Then why couldn't you at least tell a lie that would get you off the hook? Why couldn't you say she turned you down and... That would have been the end of it. Yes, but that wouldn't have been the end of it. You you don't know Walter. He, he'd have said, if at first you don't succeed, he, he'd have made my life miserable. But you knew you couldn't maintain this deception indefinitely, if that's what it was. You knew you were getting in deeper after a couple of weeks. Why couldn't you tell Walter Evans that you and Miss Evans had broken off? Because after a while, it began to be Real? Real? Yes, I would tell Walter lies about the things Polly and I had done the night before. But as I told them, they began to get real. As if we had gone out and had a good time. And made love. You think I'm crazy? Please continue, Mr. Gaffney. I felt just wonderful. I... I was finally someone who appealed to women, and, and, and as we would walk down a street or sit in a restaurant or whatever, that, this was all in my mind, you know. Why didn't you ask her for a date on the phone and make it real? Because if she turned me down, it would have been the end of everything. Why are you so sure she'd have turned you down? Oh. Well, look at me, Lieutenant. I'm, I'm not so hot-looking. I, I don't have a million bucks, uh... I mean, what would she want with me? This way, at least, I I had something with her. In your imagination. It was better than nothing. Very well. What we're saying here is that you are living in an unreal world. There are cases like this. A person creates a fantasy world. Yeah, well, that's what it was. In the daytime, you work here in your office. You do your job. That's reality. But where are you at night? Where? When you're supposed to be out with her, having dinner or dancing or going to a show or making love. Where are you? 
I don't know. Home, I guess. Can you be sure? Do you really know? Is it possible you're not somewhere around her apartment house watching for her? Maybe on this night you see her come home with another man. Maybe it looks very much like they're going into her place to have a real good time. Lieutenant. Did you wait for him to leave? Did you go up there afterwards, furious and a feeling of betrayal? Did you start to hit her? And did she fall down and strike her head? No, no. No? I, I don't know. Mr. Gaffney, I don't know either. I was told to have you booked as a material witness. What does that mean? In simple English, it means we think you did it. But we'd like to have a little more evidence before we say so. I'd rather you didn't see me in a place like this, Walt. It's all right, Joe. No, no, it's not all right. It's a cell. It's a prison cell. We're going to have bail set for you. Did I really kill her, Walt? Joe... Who knows? I don't know what to believe anymore. Was I actually going out with her? Or was that all something I built up in my mind because I wanted to fool you? I'm sorry I put that kind of pressure on you, but... Not that it helps. I... I meant well. No, no, no. It must have been real. I mean... I must have killed her. I mean, who else? It had to be someone who knew her. Who was with her. I don't think about it anymore. Oh, time's up. Here's the guard. I'll come visit you tomorrow. Thanks, Fred. I'll call you when I'm ready to leave. Oh, uh, you're the uh, detective I spoke to, huh? Uh, Lieutenant... Marker. Yes, Lieutenant Marker. How do you do? I was looking for you, Mr. Evans. For me? They said you'd come down here to the city jail to visit Mr. Gaffney. How convenient. What do you mean, convenient? We don't have to bring you here. <laughs> for what? We're going to read you your rights and book you as material witness. Well, now, Hatch, just Mr. a minute. Mr. Laura Smith, who replaced Miss Simmons, happened to be clearing out her desk. And deep in the bottom drawer were some typewritten letters Miss Simmons may have been planning to mail. What does this have to do with me? Well, uh, let me read one of them to you. Mrs. Walter Evans, 9 Albemarle Crescent. Dear Mrs. Evans... Did you know your husband is having an affair with a Miss Polly Simmons? Miss Simmons has photographs showing herself and Mr. Evans in various affections... That's a lie! Walter! ...plus various other proofs of his devotion. We now have those proofs. I demand the right to call my attorney. Certainly. I, I, I didn't kill her. There are letters addressed to three other men... One of you thought to shut her up. Walt, it's your fault, Joe. Why didn't you take her out? How could I just just let someone like that go to waste? Mr. Stevenson's office. Miss Smith, uh, this is... Oh, yes. I know. Mr. Gaffney. I, uh, I want to thank you for... Well... Yes, of course. I want to thank you. Mr. Gaffney, do you mind if I say something? You have absolutely the most terrific voice I ever heard in all my life. What? <laughs> I know I'm speaking out of turn. No, 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 no. Go ahead. If you're 
How'd you like to find out? Have dinner with me. Tonight. And this time, of course, the shoe was on the other foot. After all, what did Miss Dolores Smith look like? And was he disappointed in her? Was she disappointed in him? I can't say. But I do know that you won't be disappointed if you wait for me to return. Some job. Standing all day. And now I've got hemorrhoids. Better not neglect them. I was hoping they'd go away. When I get a flare-up, Preparation H often gives me fast temporary relief from pain and itch. You have hemorrhoids? Lots of people do. But Preparation H even helps shrink swelling of hemorrhoidal tissues caused by inflammation. I'll try Preparation H tonight. Good morning. Ready for the big sale today? Thanks to Preparation H. Preparation H relieves pain and itch, even helps shrink swelling. Use only as directed. Hi, I'm Charlie Daniels, and I'm very concerned about hunger in our world. Every minute, 21 children die because they don't have enough to eat. There is enough food to go around for everybody. What's needed now is for each of us to care enough to get involved in this issue. Now, I know you care. What can you do? Write politicians about your concern and support hunger organizations. Thank you. For further information, write Impact on Hunger, 145 East 49th Street, New York, New York, 10017. The truth of the matter? Every reality began once as a fantasy. And so we may ask, when, at what point, does the transformation take place? When do dreams become real? And how real do they become? Are we what we are, or are we what we think and hope and dream we are? The proverb says, who rides a tiger dares not dismount. But it should also be said that he who rides an illusion has saddled the most dangerous beast of all. Our cast included Tony Roberts, Paul Heck, Marion Seldes, and Evie Juster. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. You know, Mike is a great kidder. Do you suppose, when Mike and Jim were sharing that room in the hospital, when they had their operations and recuperating, do you suppose they cooked this up between them and they're, they're just playing some kind of a game? No. I don't think so. And these black and blue marks on my neck don't think so either. Oh, of course. How dumb of me. But the numbers racket could be a game. Me, K44KUZXY77. But to attack you like that, Janet, it ain't funny. If you ask me, I'd try to get Jim somewhere for observation. And if he won't go, you ought to think about moving out. I have, in a way. I've moved to another room, m m made it my bedroom. I've hidden his gun, and every night I lock my door. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.
news. The Senate Budget Committee hangs up its axe for the night after chopping more than President Reagan has asked. I'm David Jackson reporting on the CBS Radio Network. The president didn't get everything he wanted from the committee, but he got most, and in some cases more, as Jacqueline Adams explains. All told, the Senate Budget Committee has approved more than $35 billion in spending cuts, almost $2.5 billion more than the president requested. But late Wednesday afternoon, at the urging of conservative Republican Senator Orrin Hatch, the committee voted to restore over a billion and a half dollars in 1982 and 1983 to programs for the handicapped, unemployed youth, elementary, and secondary education. I wish we could support all the other uh, 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 programs, and I felt strongly uh, the other night that... Uh, that uh, NSF probably should be beefed up somewhat. Uh, I am a strong supporter of the arts and humanities. I haven't decided yet. Uh, but this, we feel, is probably the minimum we can get through the committee. In its final action of the night, the committee restored $224 million the president had wanted to cut to a nutrition program for pregnant women and infants. The committee will meet again in the morning and hopes to complete its consideration of the president's budget cut proposals by noon. Jacqueline Adams... CBS News on Capitol Hill. More news coming up. Saturdays on CBS Television. Don't miss the fun and games at Flo's Yellow Rose. She's one of a kind, and with a lady like Flo, anything can happen. And duh, she's a lover and a fighter and a whole lot of fun. It's hers, a neighbor man's ideal woman. She's every cowboy's favorite kissing cousin. But when the grits hit the fan, watch out. Join the laughs at Flo's Yellow Rose on Flo, Saturdays at 8.30, 7.30 Central and Mountain on CBS Television. Only Bayer. Bayer Aspirin. Bayer, of course. Ask mothers, which is the only pain reliever you'll need in your home this colds and flu season? And the answer from millions would be... Bayer, of course. Bayer, because the whole family can use it. Bayer, because nothing else, short of a prescription, can do more for the aches, fever, and sore throat pain. Remember, rest, fluids, and all you need is... Bayer. Only Bayer. Bayer Aspirin. Use only as directed. Secretary of State Haig sums up Soviet interests in Central America, saying, in effect, one down, one in the works, and two to go. Nicaragua, he told Congress, was phase one of a Soviet plan to dominate the area, a phase completed with the leftist takeover there. Phase two, Haig says, is El Salvador, and he once continued U.S. military support of the junta there. Haig claims the Kremlin has a four-point hit list with Honduras and Guatemala next in line, and he says the U.S. must stand firm against that Kremlin strategy. The State Department is praising what it says have been recent improvements in the human rights situation in Argentina. And one official says by the end of this week, Congress will be asked to at least partially repeal the U.S. ban on weapons sales to that country. The word comes just a day after Argentina's Nobel Peace Prize winner, Adolfo Perez Esquivel, a human rights activist, said things there are getting worse. The judge presiding over the Carol Burnett libel suit against the National Enquirer has ruled that the Enquirer is a magazine, not a newspaper, and so is not covered by California's retraction law. That law says newspapers are protected from libel suits if they retract articles in question. So in the Burnett case, the Enquirer's retraction of the controversial story about the entertainer will not provide an automatic defense. More than 14,000 coal miners have now joined wildcat strikes, shutting down mines in seven eastern and midwestern states. Still, the National United Mine Workers Union says those miners should get back to work. No strikes, says the UMW, until the current contract expires March 27th. 
A strike then appears inevitable, but there is word that the UMW is trying to revive negotiations to head off a full-scale walkout. White House News Secretary James Brady says the administration is monitoring the coal negotiations, saying a coal strike would be a serious matter, but he says there are no plans right now for the administration to become directly involved in the labor dispute. CBS News will continue in a minute. Shine it up, shine it down, spread that glass, let's shine around, shine all around. If I've got to clean, I want something to show for it. I clean with Glass Plus and show off the shine. Windows to crawl, plus a whole lot more. Look anywhere in my house. There's a shine all around. Shine it here, shine it there. Glass Plus shines up everywhere. It shines glass. Hey, let me get the check. Where'd you get the extra bucks? The Buck-A-Bundle Insulation Refund from CertainTeed. Buck-A-Bundle? Yeah, buck back on every bundle of CertainTeed fiberglass attic insulation. Up to $40. Some savings. That's what I was after. Was it a tough job? Nah, it was easy. I'm gonna do it now, while I can save. Thanks for lunch, and uh, thanks for the tip. Get your attic insulation and extra bucks now. The Buck-A-Bundle Insulation Refund, only from CertainTeed. Details at your building materials retailer. Two lava flows from Sicily's Mount Etna volcano have split into three, one of which is stalled within a half mile of Rondazzo, population 12,000. Soldiers are standing by for possible evacuation duty. Another lava stream is approaching a river which feeds an electric generating plant. It could cut off the water and shut down the plant. So far, no one's been hurt from this eruption at Etna, but some vacation homes and vineyards have been destroyed. David Jackson, CBS News. <laughs> 